Welcome to Toppy Wen, the only podcast you will ever need with a W is important. Good artists borrow, great artists steal. This episode is fuelled by San Miguel. I kind of thought that was a Spanish lager. I imagined that it was actually a place in Spain. Turns out it's not. Google it, Wikipedia it. It's a slightly more disappointing story. But it's one of the best tasting lagers. Estrella's my current favourite. Good artists borrow. Great artists steal. I want to take you back in time. I'd started, that, was, that wasn't me uh, breaking wind, that was me opening the can of San Miguel. Mm. I'm going to take you back in time, in my time. It's not in your time. As far as you're concerned, it might as well be today, but it's my time. Back in my time. I was in a band. We had a drummer, a bassist, a keyboard player and a singer. And we were looking for another guitarist. So we were auditioning guitar players. And this guy turns up, I think the singer knew him from school, and we run through one of our songs, a song that I'd written, one of the first songs I ever wrote. I think it was probably the first or second song I ever wrote. I think it was the first song I ever wrote. It was a really simple little song. It was called Why, the chords of D, C and G, with a chorus that went something like, Why don't you sing, you don't love me? Shout from the highest mountains, this kind of thing cliched right but like I said this is a long time ago I was a young I was gonna say boy let's say young man auditioning the guitarist we learned the song we played the song he didn't fit the vibe of the band we had a singer leather jacket tight trousers sunglasses pierced his own ear in a nightclub (laughs) we were aspiring to be some kind of punk Alice in Chains 90s grungy rocky punky indie mix and this guy turned up very straight-laced nice pair of jeans nice t-shirt played his I, I can't remember but i can imagine it was a fender stratocaster and he didn't fit that was no disrespect to him but he just didn't fit so we said goodbye after that one band practice so we went our separate ways he did whatever he did with his life and as a band we went on to better and brighter things kind of slightly dull things no brighter like a piece of brass that was polished a couple of months ago and it's now tarnished that kind of brighter. A dull, a, a dull bright. And back then I tended to write the songs for the band. So I wrote more songs. And as a band we played more of my songs. And we gigged with my songs. And we reached the places that only a certain amount of beers can reach. We played all over the place. We played to one man and his dog. And we also played to a few hundred people. We were kind of one of those mid to lower tier bands at the time. I mean, this is early on, you've got to remember. There's a whole history of me and music after this where I was more of a Robbie Williams character. Writing the music and singing the music and playing the music. Kind of more of a central figure, like a mercurial number six channel where people say, stop talking over the music and I have to keep commenting back. This channel is about me and don't forget it. I might be ostensibly reacting to a Kanye West album, but don't let me kid you. It's all about me. The Mercurial... I'm doing this on my hands now. I'm sort of writing the words in the air. The Mercurial number six. And my face... And I'm pressing my mouth upwards in a smile now. My face right there with a smile. Or a scowl. The places other beers can't reach. But this was a long time ago. We were playing the clubs and the pubs to one man and his Jack Russell. And... I think it was the bassist's girlfriend at the time. She had gone to the same school as the guitarist that we had auditioned. And I rarely spoke with this girl. 
this girlfriend, but she came up to me and she said, Makira number six. <laughs> Makira number six. Makira number six. I've got to tell you something. Do you realise that that guy... I mean, she just said his name, but I'll call him that guy. That guy auditioned for your band that time. Did you realise he was doing A-level music at school? And I was like, no. Why would I realise that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was doing A-level music at school. And for his final project, he handed in your song. And I was like, what? And the funny thing is, she had proof. Because she pulled out a piece of A4 paper, a printed piece of A4 paper. It was folded. She'd folded it to fit it in a, I was going to say a briefcase, not a briefcase, <laughs> a pocket. She didn't have a pocket. Girls don't have pockets. Into a handbag. She presented me this folded piece of A4 paper. I unfolded it. And there, in printed, probably Times New Roman, but who knows, I'm currently using uh, cali- calib- Calibri, Calibri a lot. I don't know when Word decided to start presenting everything to me in Calibri. It used to be Arial, didn't it? When I was at school, it was Times New Roman. Then we went through a, a stage of Arial, and now we're in Calibri. But it said at the top, why don't you sing? He'd called it, why don't you sing? I just called it why, but he called it why don't you sing? And in brackets underneath, words and music by that guitarist. Although he put his name, but I'll put, I'll just say that guitarist. And there it was, the lyrics that he must have remembered from the day that we played it together. And above the lyrics, like you do, those of you who know about music, in its rudimentary form, above the lyrics he'd written D, C and G, where the chords change from D, C, D to Z to G. And he got the majority of the lyrics right. He must have misremembered some of them because there was a few uh, differences. But on the whole, it was the exact song with the exact chord changes, with the exact chorus, which I taught him. And he just handed it in for his A-level project. And I said to this girl, she had a name, but for the purposes of this podcast, we'll call her the, the, this girl, this girl or that girl. I said to this girl, she can be this girl and he can be that guitar player. I said to this girl, I'm not too concerned that he's stolen the song. I think I was a little bit miffed by it. I think that's the most blatant thing that I've ever seen in my life in terms of theft, apart from actual theft, where someone actually steals a physical object from you. But in terms of someone writing my song, why words and music by that guitar player and all my emotions below and my life story? Why don't you sing you don't love me? Shout from the highest mountain, or at least what I can see. I mean, it was shit. It was the first song I ever wrote. D, C, G. Words and music by that guitar player. I was a bit miffed, but I said to her, this is the important question, this girl. I said, this, I said to this girl, this, this girl, this girl, this is the most important question. Did he pass? <laughs> what grade did he get? Did he pass with my song? She said she didn't know. She said she didn't know. So there you go. That was the theft. The outright, undeniable theft of a song i went to see batman the batman we got that guitar player this girl and the batman i saw it i went there this morning i came back multiple hours later it's the longest film ever uh, filmed <laughs> longest film ever filmed it was quite good we're not going to talk about batman too much here what i'm going to say is it was batman and they put a the before it to differentiate it from batman and batman Batman being the 1966 film, was it? And Batman being the 1989, 1990 Tim Burton film? Uh, when, oh, what's his name? When Christopher Nolan filmed his version of Batman, he stuck a begins at the end of it. Batman begins. We've had Batman, 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 Batman. This one 
is the Batman. We've had Batman, 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 and Batman. Oh, I forgot. We had another Batman, didn't we? Ben Affleck. What one was that? It was Batman versus Superman. <sighs> so we've had Batman, 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 Batman. This one's differentiated by being called the Batman. That guitarist, this girl, the Batman. Multiple versions of the same story. There's a story of a man, a boy. Right, this isn't spoilers. This is the, the story get, that gets retold again and again and again. There's a boy. He's got like a billionaire father. And he and his mother and father are out. I think it's after a night at the theatre. And they're in the street. And he witnesses his mother and father get murdered. And as a result, he chooses to dress as a bat and fight crime. It can happen. It's not impossible. So this story's been retold. Multiple versions of the same story. And that's Batman. Change Batman to music. Over the years, we've had multiple versions of the same story. Someone came up with the idea of music, and it was retold again and again and again. Lots of different versions. In 1966, the music wore a grey leotard. In 1989, the music wore a suit that you couldn't turn your head in. And today, the music drives around in a souped-up hot car. What I'm doing is I'm substituting music for Batman. Music is multiple versions of the same story. you got drums, bass, guitars, vocals. I'll say that again. See how fundamental this is and simplistic this is. You have drums, bass, guitars, vocals. And from that bedrock, all music sprung. Multiple versions of the same story. Everyone was hitting the drums, plucking the bass, strumming the guitar and straining the vocal cords telling multiple versions of the same story. Music. The Beatles had drums, bass, guitars, vocals. The Sex Pistols had drums, bass, guitars, vocals. Coldplay has drums, bass, guitars, vocals. Multiple versions of the same story. Music. There's a caveman, right? And he's just been out and beaten up a brontosaurus and a diplodocus. He wouldn't take on the the T-Rex. He went for the large, yeah, albeit large, but he went for the large animals uh, with tiny brains. And he knew that a diplodocus leg, a brontosaurus leg, would probably give him enough food for, well, I mean, a caveman, he probably had a voracious appetite, so it probably only lasted him an evening. But a brontosaurus leg is what he got. Don't go telling me cavemen and dinosaurs didn't exist at the same time, because I've seen the films, all right? I've seen the films. So don't give me that. And he sits there around the fire. Roasting his brontosaurus leg. He's just clubbed his wife. He had to club his wife. He doesn't know why he clubbed. He just clubs her. He just clubs her. He's clubbed his wife. And he's sitting there cooking the brontosaurus leg. And he sees a rock on the floor. Two rocks. And he clacks them together. That's the official term. You know, you get different... You know when people make up things about collections of animals? They say you like have a flock of sheep and a herd of cows. And they just say... Like, and then you go, oh, and there's quiz questions. Oh, what's a, what's a collection of owls called? Or like, you know, what's a collection of fish called? Like a school or a school of dolphins. When you look it up, where those words come from, school, uh, a murder of crows. And you think, oh, that's interesting, a murder of crows. And when you look it up, you find that it just, someone just came up with it. It just, just some random person like me just decided to say it. And everyone followed, like sheep. But yeah, clack. That's the official term. Let me just do it here. I'll, 
I'm going to knock a, a Lynx can and a San Miguel can together, right? So he's he just starts he knocks the he knocks the stones together that he's picked up like this, right? My point here, right? He does that. And he thinks, oh, that sounds good. Well, I could do that, look. Right? This is the caveman. The brontosaurus is now sizzling. The brontosaurus steak. Things like that. Right? And he sees uh, two sticks. Right? And he gets the sticks. I've got a pen. What can I use for the sticks? I've got two pens, actually. I've got the prisoner pen where Patrick McGoon's been chased by Rover and just a bick with no lid. And... Right, the ink's running out, right? There's this, right? He thinks, oh, that sounds different. And he says to his friend Barney, because his friend is called Barney, Barney, come over here a minute. And Barney comes over because he thinks he's going to be offered the brontosaurus steak. He's not. And then um, we'll call him Fred for the purpose of this fight. So I'm now Fred again, right? The first person, right? And he says, Fred, um, Barney, listen to this, right? He's banging the stones. Just join in on those sticks, mate. And then Barney joins in. So Fred's going boom, 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 boom. So Barney joins him on the offbeat. Boom, 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 boom. And they think, hang on a second. Have we just invented music? And Barney says, well, I don't know. We've, we've invented sort of percussion or at least we've got the elements of a rhythm section or, or drums, but I'm not sure it's music at this point because we have to look at how music's defined and whether it needs harmony and melody and all that sort of shit. But anyway, the cavemen, Fred and Barney, they're just random names that I picked, Fred and Barney, they invented music. And then when you wind forwards a uh, 100,000 million years, you get the Arctic monkeys using drums, bass, guitars, vocals. You get the Rolling Stones using drums, bass, guitars, vocals. We've substituted rocks and sticks. We've substituted rocks and sticks for sticks and stones. Rolling stones. Sticks and stones. We've substituted rocks and sticks for a, a nicer a nicer manufactured drum kit and a bass guitar and, and a guitar and vocals and the means to amplify them. That's what we've got. Multiple versions of the same story. Drums, bass, guitars, vocals, rocks and sticks. Uh. Batman. Batman Begins. The Batman. Batman versus Superman. Batman Forever. Batman. 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 But then you can have different tools. You have rocks and sticks. And then you have drums, bass, guitars, vocals and keyboards. And someone says, oh, look at this. This is a different tool. I'm going to invent a different instrument. And the music evolves over the years. Someone in the 1920s or 30s or 40s might have been playing blues on an acoustic guitar. And then the likes of Les Paul help invent a means to make that guitar louder so it can overcome the sound of the classical orchestra. In fact, thinking about it there, I should have had the whole era of the classical orchestra. We went from rocks and sticks to violins and violas and cellos and double bass and trumpets. And then we had the drum, bass, guitars, vocals, and they can all intermingle. And then you have bands playing with string sections. Different tools come along. Beethoven, I think, would have loved to have worked with drums, bass, guitars, vocals. The likes of Beethoven and Mozart. 
and Paganini especially strike me as they would have been, but they were the rock stars of their era, but they would definitely be rock stars today. I think Mozart without Kanye, Kanye, don't you? I don't know if Mozart would be enough. He'd need to call himself Zart. From now on, I've changed my name. I'm going to be called Zart. Or no, Mo. Mo's better, isn't it? Don't call me Mozart. I'm fed up. Oh, God. Everyone keeps calling me Am Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. No, I want to be known as Mozart. And then once everyone knows me as Mozart, I just want to be known as Mo. And once everyone calls me Mo, I just want to be... I want to be a grunt. Like when Prince rebelled against his record company and wrote Slave on his face. And he decided he was going to be called a symbol. There's a collection of lines, an unpronounceable collection of lines. That's what Mozart would want to be today. Just a grunt. Write that down, guys. Actually, that's Tom Jones, isn't it? No, it's Hup. Hup. H-U-P. Tom Jones. Oh, God. Different tools come along. So, yeah, Mozart and Beethoven couldn't mess around with drums, bass, guitars, vocals, but... Time moved forward. I know we've had a previous episode of this podcast where we concluded that time doesn't actually exist. It's just some weird concept. But time moved forward. Different instruments became available. And eventually we ended up with multiple versions of the same story featuring an instrument known as the sampler. Now, the sampler is a weird instrument. It is treated as an instrument, but it's really a recorder. You get samplers these days, digital samplers. But in essence, it's recording a noise and replaying said noise and if you record songs and replay songs or replay sections of songs you can create new songs by playing sections of old songs you can loop beats you can loop melodies you can loop harmonies you can rap over the top of them you can create new music by nothing but a collage of old music DJ Shadow style, Avalanche's style. You can use beats and whole existing songs and rap over the top, Kanye West style. But the evolution of the tools used by musicians to create their art in itself evolves the telling of multiple versions of the same story, the story being music. And it's like a primordial soup. Every song that's ever been written every singer that's ever sung, every guitar that's ever been recorded, every single note that exists in vinyl or tape or CD or digital, it's all stuck in this pool. You could see it as a crystal clear blue lagoon featuring gorgeous blonde women, or you could see it as a a quagmire, a cesspit, something out on the moors in the fog that the Hound of the Baskervilles would chase you into. But all music is intertwined, intermingled. All the different sounds are absorbing each other. Multiple versions of the same story hissing at you like a king cobra. I once did a review, an analysis actually, of a Kanye West song, Runaway. And this song starts with just a repeated E note on a piano. Just imagine you're hitting the E note. Bing, bing, bing. Bing, bing. I mean, there's no way that that's an E, but we'll go with it. Bing. And also, piano doesn't quite make that noise. It makes more of a piano-type sound, not just a bing. Chandler, bing, bing, bing. So imagine that. one. Even if you haven't heard the song, imagine it. 
one finger pressing the E note, the middle E note on a piano. Just imagine it in your mind now, just pressing down, bing, give it a while, then hit it again. Bing, give it a while, then hit it again. Bing, 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 bing. That's how Runaway starts. And in my analysis of this song, I I showed this fact by pressing the E uh, key on my little micro corg on my video. And I hit the E note again and again for like 10 seconds or so. And I got a copyright claim from Kanye West's record company, production company, um, publishing house rather. I think it was UMG. They copyright claimed and they have a blocked, well, they, they, I can't remember whether they blocked it or not. But they certainly claimed all the money for that video because they claimed that my me hitting that E note on my piano was infringing Kanye West's copyright. So my point here is that this cesspit of multiple versions of the same story, the primordial soup, the quagmire, the hound. It means that now the note The sound of E belongs to somebody. The sound of E belongs to somebody. So Ed Sheeran's currently in court being accused of stealing the idea of a song from somebody else because someone puts a song out and then someone who put a song out years ago will put their song forward and say, hang on, this new song that's come out by Dua Lipa or Ed Sheeran or Taylor Swift, this sounds exactly like my song. And the artist has to go to court. Robert Plant, Jimmy Page have to go to court and explain why Stairway to Heaven isn't based on this old song. And the judge will sit there and think, well, they sound exactly the same, though. Or you and I will listen to them and think, nah, they don't sound alike at all. All subjective, but treated... Subjectivity treated with objectivity. I think we'll do another whole episode on copyright infringement in songs. But overall, I think there's a fair bet that songwriters hear millions of songs in their lifetime... The good ones stick somewhere in your brain and there's a chance that you will accidentally write a song that sounds like another song. Remember, we're talking about music that started with this, reaches over the cans, right? A caveman, right? In a, in a, uh, sitting next to that brontosaurus steak, yeah? It evolved over the years. It included different tools. But all the songs that were ever written all went into that pool, which you either do see the good-looking blonde women, or you see the scum around the edges of the cesspit. It's all there. It can all come bubbling to the surface at any point. Paul McCartney woke up one morning and he had the melody for yesterday in his head and he thought it was so catchy. And he said it to everybody. He said to John Lennon, John, what song is this? John went, I don't know, mate. And for a while he asked everybody that he knew. Every time someone came to his house, he'd bore them by playing this bloody song and saying, what is it? Where's it from? And when everybody that he met in his whole life said to him, look, Paul, just shut up about that damn song. We've never heard it. He thought, hang on, maybe I've invented it. And he proceeded to put it into the pool and it's now in the quagmire with the... I mean, the the hound would definitely be more scary than that. But it's in the quagmire to be... A bubble to the surface for everybody to accidentally rewrite yesterday forevermore. Because what you've got to understand is this is the Dr. Manhattan approach. For those of you that have read The Watchmen, 
All the music that ever existed exists now. All the music that's being written right now exists now. All the music that will ever be written in the future, even when we travel to Mars or Jupiter or Saturn or Neptune or Uranus. Uranus, it is called Uranus. I think it was Patrick Moore who decided that he didn't like Uranus because it sounded rude. So he started calling it Uranus. So you've got bloody idiots calling it Uranus. It's not bloody Uranus, it's Uranus. All the music that will ever exist is everywhere around you. It's like religion. It's like God. Music is God. It's all around you or it doesn't exist. But everything is all around you at all times. All music, all notes, all sound is there to be pulled out of the air. Everything from the past, the caveman banging the rocks, robots in the future clanging their metal wrists together and having kind of weird melodic robot sex. It all exists now. Everything. It's a quagmire. Everything exists right now. Everything exists right now. You've got people going to court having to justify why their melody of na, 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 sounds like someone's melody from five years ago that went na, 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 na. It's impossible. I'll write a song now, right? Here we go. We'll write it live right now, right? It goes like this. There we go, right? That's a song I've just written now off the top of my head. And what's the chances that somewhere... It never came bubbling to the surface because it was shit. But what's the chances that somewhere in that bloody soup of music... And yeah, it's got Brooke Shields sunbathing at the side, but it's also got horrible scum monsters swimming in it. What's the chances that that bloody song I just wrote is somewhere in that pool? And someone's going to come up... A bit like the lady in the lake, but just not as nice. The wrist, the hand holding the sword on the arm, the arm and the hand holding the sword will not be sexy in, in the slightest. Someone's head's going to come up. Apocalypse Now style. Imagine Martin Sheen's head coming up out of the water, or Thundercat, coming out of the water and just looking at you and saying, That's mine, Hayes. That melody you just came up with. I wrote that in 1976. And it was on my album, Gold Tabard. Bloody hell, I've accidentally written a song from 1976 off Gold Tabard. Good artists borrow. Great artists steal. I think Picasso said it. Noel Gallagher certainly said it when he was accused of nicking T-Rex riffs. Or Beatles riffs. He just said, yeah, yeah, nicked it. Yeah, what of it? Good artist borrow, great artist, great artist. I mean, he probably said it without stuttering it. Good artist borrow. He, I don't know. He would have said it in a Mancunian accent as well. Good artist borrow, great artist steal. Great artist steal. And I always liked that. They can't really attribute who said it, but let's just say it was Picasso. And when you're a musician, you think, yeah, I like that. Good artist borrow. I like that. But great artists just just steal it. Just really blatantly, they just steal it. But do you know what that means? That means that guitarist, the one that stole my song, put the song title on the top of the page, wrote in brackets words and music by that guitarist. They wrote all the lyrics down that I'd written and my chord changes and my chorus and handed it in for his A-level project of which we don't know what he actually got awarded for it. I'll assume it was an A+. <laughs> that means he's... It's just it's a good artist borrow... Great artist steal. That means he was a great artist. 
That means I missed a trick. I should have had him in my band. He was a great artist. <laughs> that guitar player. He was a great artist. Picasso said so. Picasso said so. Picasso said so. Fuck. Over. <laughs> Till next time. Over and. Ah!